0: Of Parshad Zahor. Parshad Zahor, we're going to read not this Saturday, next Saturday. What is Zahor? Zahor is about remembering, right? We all know the word Zahor from the Holocaust. Every time we say Zahor, remember. Remembering what? Remembering the Amalekites. Then, and why, why we read it next week? Because it's a Shabbos before Purim. Not this Saturday, next Saturday. And it's a Shabbos before Purim, and Purim, we read the story of the Megillah. Amon wanted to destroy the Jews. The Talmud tells us that Amon is a descendant of Amalek. Then Shabbos before Purim, we read the story of Amalek. The mitzvah to remember Amalek. Now, before we, the, the Torah is about also about a story of Amalek in the prophets, in the book of Samuel. Before we go to the story of uh, Samuel, we will first see in the Bible where it started the whole story with Amalek, and from there we'll go to the after. And first we'll open at the end of uh, Pasha's Beshalach on page 343. Yeah. First of all, who is Amalek?
1: Grandson of uh, Esau.
0: Grandson of Esau. Esau had a son, Eliphaz. Eliphaz had a son, his name is Amalek. Amalek received from his grandfather a hated, the whole anger and hate that Israel had for Jacob. And it was, it was, it was giving him it his mother's milk. And he grew up to be somebody who hates Jews for, for, no, for no reason. And it starts right after the Jews left Egypt. The Jews left Egypt. It was the 10 plagues. The splitting of the sea it was unbelievable the old world was scared of the jews if you read in the if uh, in the in the song of the sea it's called we describe how the old world was afraid of the jewish people if you look on page 329 i'm sorry that i slap you to another page 329, that's the Song of the Sea. Read number 14.
1: Nations heard and shuddered. Terror gripped those who dwell in Philistia. Adam's chiefs then panicked. Moab's heroes were seized with trembling. Canaan's residents melted away.
0: Melted away! People were scared to death of the Jews. Nobody would dare to touch the people of God. And then it doesn't take long. They go out from Egypt. We go back to page 343. Before we turn around, Amalek came. Amalek arrived. Continue read it, please.
1: Amalek arrived and attacked Israel there in Refidim.
0: Well, Amalek arrived. Arrived from where? From nowhere. The Jews didn't go on his way. They didn't use, the Jews didn't try to take his land. Nothing. Amalek came to fight with the Jews. The other nations, the Jews were on the way. Some fighted, some cooperated. That's normal. Amalek came from Noah to fight the Jews. He couldn't stand that the Jews are successful. And that's an Amalekite. Somebody waits the Jew just because he was a Jew. Not because he's taking away his territory, not because he's competing with them, not because anything, nothing. He hates a Jew who lives in New Zealand. You never met him. You don't know who he is. Just like this. That's Amalek came and attacked the Jews in Refidim. Okay, continue. Moses said to Joshua,
1: Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and prepare for battle against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill and with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses had told him, engaging Amalek in battle. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his hands up, Israel would be winning. But as soon as he let his hands down, the battle would go in Amalek's favor. When Moses' hands became weary, they took a stone and placed it under him, so that he would be able to sit on it. Aaron and Hur then held his hands, one on each side, and his hands remained steady until sunset. Joshua was thus able to break the ranks of Amalek and his allies with the sword.
0: Then what Joshua accomplished? He was able to do what? Break the ranks of Amalek. What is this name?
1: It's a military term. It's mm-hmm. conquered them, basically. Beat them in
0: battle. In Hebrew, vayachlosh. Vayachlosh means he made them weaker. He didn't conquer them completely. He didn't eradicate them. He made them weaker. It means they are still there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tomorrow they are still there. Yeah, you won this fight. But you're not, you didn't get rid of them. This nudicates. this pain will be there again and again. Here comes a divine uh, revenge. Go ahead, you want to read Please. God said to Moses, write this as a reminder in the book and repeat it carefully to Joshua.
1: I will totally obliterate the memory of Amalek from under the heavens.
2: Moses built an
1: altar and he named it, God is my banner. He said, the hand is on God's throne. God shall be at war
0: with Amalek for all generations. Here comes something unusual. It's not the Jews are in the at war with Amalek. God is at war with Amalek. Why? Because Amalek wanted to show that God is not the boss. God made miracles, made the Jewish people the strongest nation. Comes Amalek and said, uh, uh, "I can fight him. I'm not afraid of God." Amalek's war against the Jews was not against the Jews. It was again with Jews represent God. That's what he was against. And as the Medish brings this, this amazing example of a bathtub, a mikveh, a swimming pool, is very hot. Nobody dares to jump in. Comes one sugar that jumps in. He burns himself up. But you know what? It's not so hot right anymore. People are not afraid anymore. So oh, he did it and he came out alive. I do it. He cools it down. He cools it down. The Jewish people, the world was in awe of the miracles that God made to the Jews. Came Malik he fought the Jews, he lost the war. But you know what? <laughs> They're like everybody else. The fear is gone.
1: It's like the terrorists today. I mean, they can lose a lot more.
0: Oh, <laughs> what happened in Israel? After six day war, the six-day war, Israel had the, what it's called the, the, the fear. People were, the nations were afraid to start up with them. And then little by little, Israel lost it. Now everybody's on the hood, and everybody can fight with them. And it's, it's called in Ibu koa ta'a. I don't know what the word for it in English, but there is a word for it that, you, that you, 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 have, you have a power that people are afraid to start up with you. You don't even have to fight. Nobody, there is no wars. America needs to be in, in, involved, really. Nobody starts up with America, because they're so strong. America sometimes gets get involved in wars in other places, but nobody uh, lately came and said, I'm going to attack the United States of America. They are so strong, they don't need to, they, nobody even dares de- to, to do it. That's what the Jewish people lost by the attack of the Amalek. That God says, this war is my war.
3: Rabbi, but didn't, didn't God know when he uh, basically created Esau, you know, and promised him to have many nations for his mother actually. To have many nations that something like this would have he, he knows the outcome.
0: Well he knows the outcome and what was the outcome is two separate things. Amalek were well, the one they didn't get a prophecy from God to go against the Jews. They did it on their own free choice. And God says God so to speak was swearing with his hand that I have I personally wage a war against the Amalekites. A personal word in God. All the other nations did the Jews, God gives them miracles, sometimes more, sometimes less. Amalek, it's God's one, not the Jews' one.
2: It's interesting, he uses the word the memory of Amalek, so that doesn't mean that Amalek's been um, all killed
0: then. Amalek is still existing, yeah? Now, we just don't know who is Amalek. Today, we don't know who is Amalek. All the nations are mixed already for generations and generations. We don't know who is the Amalekites. This is the first time the story of Amalek is written. Then in Deuteronomy, the Torah repeats it. Actually, what we're going to read next week is from the book of Deuteronomy, not from the not what I showed you now. In the end of Pashis Kiseitsa. One second, we'll find it. Page 989. In top of the page, 989. Remember what Amalek did to you on your way out of Egypt. Go ahead, go ahead. You're doing well. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) When they encountered you on the way and you were tired and exhausted, they cut off those lagging to your rear and they did not fear God.
0: Okay. First of all, remember what Amalek did to you, number 18, the world, when they... What they did. Encountered. Encountered. Encountered you on the way. It's encountered, but the word in Ibu is an unusual word. Asher karcha baderech. Korcha, if you look at number 18 on the Ibu side, the second word. Korcha, you see it? In the Ibu side. Korcha could also mean it cooled you off, it cooled off the fear of you. Later we learn now it has a spiritual meaning. But it cooled off the fear from the Jewish people of the world is not afraid anymore. And you were weary, right? Tired. And tired. And they did not fear God. It's not, you know, this is a trans- this is a commentary. What's written is and, and, and not fear God. You can say it on the Jews, or you can say it under the Amalekites, this line, and not fear God. As she says it, it's talking about the Amalekites. Mm-hmm. Now God gives a special order, a special mitzvah. Number 18.
4: Therefore, when God gives you peace from all the enemies around you in the land that God, your Lord, is giving you to occupy as a heritage, you must obliterate the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. You must not forget.
0: Obliterate. Nothing less than that. And when you should do it, when God gives you time, and you relax, you finish it all, your enemies, now you better take, take remember God's enemies. Go and obliterate them. Not written anywhere such a thing about bleeding anybody. Actually, in this passage it's written when you when you ever do not eat an Egyptian because he was he was uh, he, he, because he, he gave you he gave you he welcomed you in his land. Do not eat a, a Moabite. There's a few right. Uh, do not eat a Ammonite. And, and um, here it is. Look on page 977, for example. Number 8, 977.
4: Number 8. Go ahead. Do not despise the Edomite since he is your brother. Do not despise the Egyptian since you were an immigrant in his land.
0: That the same Torah tells you two pages before do not despise the Egyptian who give you service, right? Do not jump. Eight years of suffering. Do not j- the, the Edomite. Comes to Amalek. Whoa! You obliterate him from the face of the earth. Why? Because he was fighting God. He was fighting the Jews as they represent God. What he didn't like about the Jews that they represent God. Actually, Hitler also said it, mm-hmm. that the Jews represent something above logic, above nature. They, they represent a believing God, and therefore we have to obliterate them. That's exactly the same language that he was using. And we have it once in the book of Exodus. Then we have it in the book of Deuteronomy. It's considered Mishneh Torah. You know, the book of Deuteronomy is like a repetition. Moses said a a speech in five weeks before he died. It has a different category than the first four books of Moses. First book is, God said to Moses, say to the Jews. The fifth book is Moses' monologue to the Jewish people. It's a different level that God, the Torah made sure it's in Exodus. And again, in the monologue. Then it comes to the prophet. It's again, you know, the Tanakh. The Tanakh is, the, is, the, is divided into three general categories. Tanakh stands for the Bible. Taf, the letter Taf, stands for Torah, the five books of Moses. Yeah. The nun stands for Nevi'im, prophet. And the Chaf stands for Ketuvim. Ketuvim is scriptures, the book, of, the book of Esther, the book of Ruth.
2: It's,
0: writing. uh, it's called writings, it's, uh, the book of Psalms. All of these are called scriptures. Then the story of Amalek is in the Bible, in the prophet, and in the scriptures, everywhere. Now we'll read it where scri- in the, it's in the, in the prophets. Okay, That's the Torah. Are we commanded to hate Amalek?
1: I don't see that we're actually we're commanded to, uh, to obliterate them, whatever that means, but are we commanded to
3: actually hate them?
5: Probably.
3: Probably easier to obliterate someone if you don't like
1: them. <laughs> but but interestingly, you know, uh, if you have any passion for them, you're not going to obliterate them. Obviously.
6: But you like you said, they're not a people no. anymore. No. no. They no. were once a people. but not not, not They are not a people. Right. Not,
0: so. So what does this it's mean more, today? It's
6: an abstraction.
0: So it's a concept. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. The before I cannot hold you. Maybe you're holding holding your breath until we end the class and then tell you, we will speak about it right now. Amalek means a spiritual concept in my own soul. I have an Amalek, right here. Amalek is the side of you that tells you, cools you off, you have an excitement. Let's go to the class. Oh, you're tired. (laughs) We all want to go to volunteer. Let's go volunteer to this place. If you go volunteer, let's go to the other place. We know we're not going Nothing and nothing. <laughs> That's Amalek. Amalek, I want to give charity. If you want to give charity, give already to this synagogue. We go, oh, we you know it's not giving. First of all, it's not giving now. Huh? Then you forget, forget, go Amalek is the one who puts the, the yeah. doubt. Amalek in Ibu, in Gimatri, you know Gimatri is the numerical value of every word? The word of Amalek and the word of safek is the same gematria, the same numerical value. Safek means doubt. You know, sometimes people have um, clarity about themselves. They go, they'll do, and they're successful. Then somebody comes and says, who says this, maybe this. Shine, they killed everything. And you go home and say, maybe, maybe. maybe." I was all so sure and so excited about doing it. And I came and said, maybe, maybe that's not the right way. Who says God wanted this, maybe not. One maybe can kill a thousand ex- people, the uh, excitement of a thousand people. That's Amalek.
1: So it kills your spirit, in other words?
0: <laughs> yeah, it kills you off.
3: Is, is this the same as the Yetzer heron? The heron? Yeah, but
0: how is the Yetzer Arad walking? It's a little Amalek. Amalek could be with a long white beard and a big black hat. And, you know, <laughs> and he says, Ugh! that's it. <laughs> he didn't have to say anything. Hmm. You know, the Jews left Egypt with Moses. According to the Medicine, and it makes sense, a fifth left. You know who left? The guys who said, Moses, you're going, where are you? Not necessarily the great rabbis. I'm sure there were people with long white beards that said, Moses, yeah, going to the desert. <laughs> <laughs> go, if it works out for you, send us a telegram, walk <laughs> up. Amalek is the one who is not ready to go all the way. Nachshon, when, when came this bleeding of the sea, Moses says, go. Everybody stands. go. Go where? The water is here. Was one Meshuggah and her, Nachshon jumped into the water. If not for Nachshon, we would still wait for the wait, still there by the water until today. You, Amalek is the one who is giving you the doubts, who is every time throwing the little bit of cold water into the hot part And it cools off the whole excitement of Judaism, spiritually. Spirituality is all about excitement. People get excited. And then some getting involved and say, What are you so excited about? You feel like an idiot? That's Amalek. And that's the Amalek we're speaking today. But until it came to this point, you need to understand why the rabbis and the Hasidic philosophy came to this kind of an Amalek. Because the physical Amalek, even when he was alive and well, not necessarily, we have to kill him all the way. There is, there is a hope for Amalek. What's the hope?
1: The children of Haman uh, converted, right?
0: Talmud says the children of Haman learn Torah in B'nai Bach. I go up in Bne-Bach. I'm not from the children of Haman, I can promise you that. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> then, okay. if Haman the ch- is Amalek and Amalek you have to obliterate, how could they learn Torah in B'nai Obviously, if they convert, that's okay. That even an Amalek has redemption. You understand what I'm right, saying? Right. As long as he's an Amalek, then he has no redemption. But the moment he believes in God, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. You know, many times when people read, you know, people read the Parsha, of they come to me, you know, I have a hard time with these words, I have an issue with this Parsha, I have this. <laughs> I close the book. I so could look around you, Should anybody killed anybody lately? No. Then <laughs> that's first of all, we don't kill anyone. And don't don't have issues. You need to understand, learn a little more. You'll understand what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Now, this Haftorah is in the time of the prophet Samuel and King Saul. King Saul is the first king of the Jewish people. Until then, there was judges. The judges were kind of leaders. They were appointed for the time. It was a war. They needed somebody to help them. God sent somebody to redeem them. A judge came, saved them. But it wasn't an organized government. It's not that the old Jews were under one king, and it was really something real, a kingdom. It wasn't a, a, a country yet, so to speak. Right. Came King Saul, I mean, the Jewish people came to Samuel and told him, you want a king, right? Samuel didn't like it, God didn't like it, but if you want a king, we will give you a king. Saul was the first king. Saul was modest, nice, humble. Gold! Gold! The beginning of Saul was so promising, it was so unbelievable. You cannot even imagine. King King eh, eh, when Samuel told Saul that he's supposed to be a king, he ran away, he didn't tell anybody. When they finally came to crown him as a king, he had to schlep him from, from the back. He was he was hiding. And he started wars and he was very successful, and Hashem was with him until this after it, everything changed. Let's read from inside twelve seventy-five. <laughs> Mr Martell, you want to start?
4: Okay. And Samuel said to Saul, God sent me to anoint you king over his people Israel. Therefore listen to God's words. This is Okay,
0: her here it was after Saul made a few walls and conquered the Philistines and put play, things into place, and made already kind of a Jewish country, a Jewish land. And he said to speak, rested from his enemies, right? And we read just in the Torah that when you rest from your God will give you rest from all your other enemies. Then you should go to oblige the Okay.
4: This is what the Lord of Hosts says. I remember what Amalek did to Israel, waylaying him when he came up from Egypt. Now, go and when,
0: and, when was, how much was from King Saul until the time they left Egypt? From the time they left Egypt until King Saul? That
1: was 40 years. 350 years. So.
0: Okay. That was a while, right? But God says, I didn't forget what Amalek did to you.
4: Therefore, go now. Now go and strike down Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and ass.
0: Do not leave anything! Sounds very... not politically correct. <laughs> I don't
4: know if you substituted
1: the word ISIS in there, you'd get a lot of agreement today. Oh, oh exactly.
0: <laughs> Amalekites are in every generation that the people who kill people for no reason, for no nothing. That's, that represents Amalek. Now, it was out. And the Midrash says that, that, that Saul had a problem with this order. Killing everybody, everybody. Then the Midrash says, God, so to speak, told them, don't be so righteous. And sometimes you cannot leave it for your own logic. There is, in mitzvahs, there is logical mitzvahs, and there is above logic mitzvahs, right? What is an example for a mitzvah that's above logic? Kashrut. Kashrut, for example. Huh? Uh, uh, um For example, keeping sure. kosher. People say, oh, they're they, they, they eating the meat and the milk. Who says it's so bad? I don't think it's so bad. And some doctors will say it's bad, something like that. So I had this week, I had the conversation with a guy. He tells me his daughter is in Israel. She comes, she drives crazy with the kosher and everything. In what kosher, I told him, kosher, yes, you should be separate from the rest of the world. Forget about anything else. Don't need an explanation. That's really, after because when you start to give explanations, always you run out of an explanation. Always will be a point that there is no explanation. You do it because Hashem said so. Circumcision. No, Circumcision. Every person is afraid of the rabbi. Maybe I'll give him a piece. I don't know. People <laughs> are afraid of the rabbi. <laughs> Sometimes I want to tell people, guys, I'm not giving you. I'm not a moyer, why are you running away?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> then, God told them, the the Amalekites, Saul needed to connect to the above logic level. And he couldn't go there. And you know, there is another story, it was, later we learned that he was, he had, he had mercy on some, right? Later, there is a story about Saul who had no mercy whatsoever. Remember, what story is it?
1: David, the, 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 the priest David. of Nov? The priest oh. of Nob. Oh,
0: because you heard that the priest of Nov helped David, mm-hmm. he killed the high priest with his family, with his children, with the babies, with 85 people. And I told them it's kind of when you are merciful and the cool, you end up to be cool and the merciful. You understand. When you are trying to be smarter than God, more merciful than God. When you start to do things according to your logic, that's it. Okay, number four.
5: So Saul summoned the people and numbered them in Tulane 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah.
0: What does this mean, he numbered them in Tulane? You know what it means? How can he count Jews? He's not allowed to count Jews, right? Just learned that last week.
4: Half a each, Yeah.
0: yeah <laughs> then, but here he didn't. Have, he didn't give them money. Everyone took atle atle. What is atle? Atle. Atle is a no. Mm-hmm. A, a, of a, le, a lamb. Everyone took a lamb from one place to the other, and then they count the lambs. Two hundred thousand. He counted by that line. By, by how many lambs there were available. That's how he counted he didn't count people and it was 200,000 men and, and 10,000 from the tribe of Judah right again Judah is separated from the rest of the of the tribes ok continue
5: and Saul came to the city of Amalek and <coughs> lay in wait in the valley Saul said to the Kenites go
0: he laid in wait in the valley that's what the, he translates it mm-hmm. uh, in Nebuchadnezzar if you see number 6, 6 is Nahal, Nahal is in the valley. Before, uh, before that, Vayorev. Vayorev means he was like fighting, but fighting it too. That's what the Medrash says. That's all the hard time with this, with this commandment to kill everybody. He says, why do you kill everybody? It's not right. If the Torah says that if you kill one person by mistake, if, if a person, Amicide, you if a person was dying in the middle of the road, you have to bring sacrifices and atonement, and here we're going to kill them. God told them, don't be so righteous, because one day you'll be too wicked. Okay, then number six.
6: Saul said to the Canaanites, go depart. Go Who
0: is de- the Canaanites? Who is the Canaanites?
1: No? Moses came Can- out with the Canaanites. No. <laughs> uh, weren't they a group who, uh, along with his father-in-law? Oh, Jethro's um,
0: descendants. So, yeah. Because Jethro's descendants were always good to the Jewish people, and they lived together with the Amalekites, that so told the Canaanites, move out. Go ahead, continue, I'm sorry.
6: Go depart, go down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from among the Amalekites. He said they
0: remembered the good to the Canaanites, because they were always nice to the Jewish people, that he said, get out of there. We don't want you should be hurt. This wall was in the south of Israel.
4: Sorry. Okay. I like it, actually. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Continue, number seven.
3: And Saul struck down the uh, Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalek king alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword.
0: Ah, he captured Agag alive, and the whole nation, he destroyed every, he destroyed all people. The people, he destroyed everybody. Okay, what happened later? Continue.
2: But Saul and the people spared Agag, also the best of the sheep, oxen, fatlings, lambs, everything of high value, and would not utterly destroy them.
0: Okay, okay, okay. But here it's written, spared. In Hebrew, number nine, the beginning of the verse starts. Spared. Why he spared? Why? He felt bad to destroy them. Not because he felt bad because he was merciful. If he would be merciful, why well, he wouldn't the, kill the babies. He only spilled the krag, the king, and the cows.
1: They can use the cows.
0: Because he wanted, he says, why destroying it? We can, we can have a good uh, picnic. Steak <laughs> <laughs> dinner. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, he, want he, he, want he wanted
3: to do
6: it for his uh, For soldiers. his own sake.
0: Yeah, oh. Then why kept the, the king because he wanted to bring the king alive. I can't get there. Look. He killed the king. Nobody knows who was a king. Nobody saw him. Bring the king alive. That's a party. That's a parade of success. He wanted to take credit. And could be there is other commentaries who say that, in that time, it was almost like a Geneva uh, a Convention uh, agreement that you don't kill kings. The idea is, you know, every king doesn't want to be killed. Everybody was not k- k- kill What the king. <laughs> then, because that was the custom at that time not to kill the king. That that, that, that Saul didn't want to kill the king. Out of
3: respect. <laughs> but that's not what God said.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't then, understand. Then it's written, Saul wanted to spear. Saul and the people. Not only, not only the people, right? So, but Saul and the people spear the God. Hamar means... They felt bad. They, w- they wanted to keep a gag, and also the best of the sheep, the fatling and the cow, and the lamb, and all this stuff. Yeah. Continue.
2: But everything that was despised and worthless, they destroyed utterly. Then God's word came to Samuel, saying,
0: "Everything that was not important, they destroyed. But well, the good stuff they came for themselves." It's not written that they want to offer sacrifice. Nothing, they kept it for themselves. Right. Okay, continue. Then God wrote came to Samuel saying, okay.
1: Boy, I regret that I made Saul king.
0: <laughs> I regret, <laughs> God says, I regret that I made Saul king. God regretted the first time when he created the world, he created man. It's by, God regretted it. That's why he bought the flood. He says, I regret it. God says, I regret that I made Saul king. Why?
1: He turned his back from following me. He has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel. And he cried to sure, God all
0: night. He grieved Samuel so badly that Samuel cried all night. Samuel loved the soul. Such a nice boy. Such the perfect valedictorian. The best boy in town. Couldn't get any better than that. Humble, strong, nice, handsome, whatever you want. If we lose them, then who will? That Samuel prayed all night, maybe Maybe to change the decree of God. But that didn't happen. Number 12. And when
1: Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told to Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself, turned and left, and went down to Gilgal.
0: He set up a monument for himself. Saul, the humble guy, is setting up a monument for himself. That was the problem.
1: This is way up north of it. It's in Carmel, right? Yeah.
0: No, no. There is another Carmel in, in Hebron. Okay. But later he went to Gilgal. Where is Gilgal?
1: In that northeast?
0: Also not too far from there. Mm-hmm. But this is not the Carmel uh, the, yeah. uh, in Haifa, no. Okay. No, it's the Carmel in in in, in, uh, in Hebron, around the Hebron Mountain, somewhere down. Then, uh, then. Then he, say, he heard that Saul setting himself a monument. I'm a machan. I won the fight. That was a war of God. It's God's war against Amalek. It's nothing to do with you, Saul. Saul put himself in between. That was the problem. Okay. And then he's going to Gilgal. Gilgal was the temple was in... No, the temple was not in Gilgal at that time. But the temple was in Gilgal. At that time, the temple was already in Nov. Okay. No, Shiloh was destroyed. Shiloh was, before was like a- a- that, okay. it was a- in Nov already. Givon, or maybe in Givon, one of these. he went to Gilgal because that was the first place the Jewish people entered to Israel. They set up the temple there for 14 years. That was like the key to Israel. So to speak. Okay. So Samuel went to, to meet him there. Go ahead.
4: And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be you of God. I have performed God's commandment.
0: Ay, 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 Samuel, Saul says, Aki moisi dvar Hashem. I fulfilled God's commandment. He meets Saul. He meets Samuel. Samuel. is his mentor. Samuel is his prophet. Samuel is the one who made him king. Samuel is the one who gave him the order. He comes to Samuel and gives him two hands. I fulfilled the will of God. And Samuel said...
4: Then what is all this bleeding of sheep and lowing of oxen, which I hear?
0: You, tell me? What I, I hear something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrong.
3: <laughs> you know,
0: Hear <laughs> 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 something? Maybe I'm dreaming. Saul said.
4: They have brought them. You from want the, to continue? Uh, Saul said they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to God, your Lord, and the rest we utterly destroyed.
0: Oh, he results another problem. Your Lord. Huh?
4: Your
3: Lord.
0: He said, he bl- first of all, he blamed the people. He said, the people spared. In the beginning, we read, soul and the people spared. It wasn't just the people. He, of him. he blamed the people.
2: Yeah, and now it's sacrificing to God. Before.
0: Number two, oh, it's sacrificing for God. <laughs> Nobody was thinking about Zephyr, Kevin, and they took it. They were thinking about the good bag, you know? I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they were not thinking about God. Suddenly, Samuel gives them the look. He said, no, it's for God. <laughs> oh, God. The two problems here. A leader should take blame, take responsibility. Okay. Even if the people did, he should blame himself. Aaron made the golden calf. He should, be, he should be blamed to save the people. The king who says, they made me do. They did it. First of all, they did it. They did it. Even if it would be true, he shouldn't say they did it.
1: Perhaps we see the contrast with David. David later admits it. He says, I was wrong. <laughs> oh,
0: there is two t- differences between king and king David. But also, David David always took responsibility. Never blamed others. He said, I did it. It's my fault. That's a leader. Okay. Uh, we are number 16, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Go, go ahead, continue.
4: Then Samuel said to Saul, Wait, and I will tell you what God has said to me this night.
0: Okay. And he said to him... He, well, when he said, uh, wait, he like interrupted. him. In Hebrew, the word is, "f. stop talking. That's what Earth means. Don't talk so much. I want to tell you what God told me tonight. Only giving me the stories, you made it for the sake of God. <laughs> okay. What he tells him? Go ahead. And and he said to him, "Say on, speak."
4: And Samuel said, "When you were little in your own sight, were you not made the head of the tribe of tribes of Israel?" God anointed you king over Israel.
0: He told them, if you are humble in your own eyes, maybe you don't understand your responsibility. You are the king of Israel. And you have to make... What are you telling me? The people said, who is the boss here?
4: Continue. God sent you on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are exterminated. Why then did you not obey God's voice, but rushed upon the spoils and did evil in God's sight?
0: It says God sent you for a special war, a war of God. Why are you bringing me spoils? Why are you bringing me stories? <coughs> Continue.
5: Saul said to Samuel, Indeed, I obeyed God's voice and went the way which God sent me.
0: Again he says, I obeyed God's word. He said it five lines before that. Here he says, I did what Hashem told me. I did, I obeyed God's voice, and I went in the way. Continue, I'm sorry.
5: I brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Okay,
0: here, first of all, until now, Samuel didn't know that that Agag is still alive. Samuel only heard the cows, the animals. (laughs) He, by the way, gives him more information. I bought a guy, really. But the people, now he blames again the people.
5: But the people took of the spoils, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which would have been destroyed to sacrifice to God your Lord in In Gilgal. Gilgal.
0: He tells them the same story. Twice Samuel gave him a chance. To say I'm sorry, and he couldn't—he couldn't get himself saying it. Now there's one of the famous questions, as you're going to learn some.
2: Okay, let's let's he continue. He, Samuel, might, I mean uh, Saul, probably didn't think that he did anything wrong. Exactly. Why, why God told why him? Would, yeah, why God God he obeyed, him to destroy he, everything. He he right. He's rationalizing. Why this wouldn't this he point. have done? what God, he, he there's there's a disconnect there. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a
3: discount. Okay, well, why why did he keep referring to uh, God your Lord instead of our Lord? Is it just a translation thing? Or is he saying, well, he's really not all well, mine, he's yours. <laughs> no, you can tell
0: He was curious. more he is kind of more at out of respect you can say. He tells him God your Lord because Samuel is the prophet. I don't think they you can read into it that uh, he didn't think it is God, no. Mm -hmm. Not at all, no. Okay, number 22.
6: Samuel said, Does God delight as much in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying God's voice?
0: Oh, 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 oh. This is the line that became the line of the Jewish people, of history, not just Jews. God needs sacrifices. God wants somebody to obey him. Behold continue behold
6: Behold. obedience is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams
0: god needs us to listen to him i need your sacrifice god needs sacrifices better to listen don't be worried about it or go away better to listen to god than to than to than to ever than to do over him sacrifices what kind of sacrificing... He closed the door. No, don't to. Turn on the other lights. Also. The lights are other lights. Um, then, that's what he tells them. And that became later, King David says it. It's written in a few places. That's what he tells them. Okay. For
6: rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is like iniquity and idol worship. Because you have rejected God's word, he has also rejected you from being
0: killed. Whoa! He tore the bomb.
2: <laughs>
0: he gave him a chance to do tshuva. You understand? He gave him a chance to say, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was wrong. Maybe, maybe things wouldn't be the same. Okay. Saul didn't say anything wrong. I did Hashem what Hashem wants. He gives them, what is this? Oh, there they wanted this. And what is this? Who needs your sacrifices?
2: Stubbornness.
1: Wow. So what does it say about the, uh, uh, the sacrificial system at this point? Uh, it doesn't say that the sacrifices have been rejected. because it say that the sacrifices are no, 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 no.
0: People take it to their farm. Mm-hmm. God never said that he doesn't want sacrifices. He says, I want you to do what I tell you. The sacrifice that I tell you is good. The sacrifice that I don't tell you is against me. It's like, you cannot do a mitzvah and really it's a sin. The best example is, that many, many people don't know about it, is lighting candles Friday night. There is a certain time you can light candles before Shabbat. Shabbat is early in the winter. Let's say Shabbat is 6 o'clock or 5.30. You, that you have to light candles before 5.30. If you light candles after 5.30, not only you don't do... God's mitzvah, you're you're, you're disobeying God because you're not allowed to make a fire. Then we are... That's exactly what King David, what Saul wanted to do. Like Samuel will tell us, better to listen than offer sacrifices. I need your mitzvah, I need the candles, I need you to listen. That's what I need you. God wants us to listen to him. Whatever he tells us, just do it. Don't be smarter. Don't be smarter. I like to do better than him.
2: Some people might think that, you know, they're wrong, you know, that I'm, I'm still doing something. I'm still, it's better That's than nothing. Right,
0: so I, that they need, we need to cut, cut out this line and put it on the refrigerators. <laughs> 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 and now refrigerators. Then what is happening here? God rejected him as the king. Now, now the question is, <clears throat> King David, see, such a terrible thing, right? The story with Bathsheba. No. No. terrible no. God didn't reject him as a king rejected him as a king what already sold did he left the cows big deal
2: <laughs> right <It's public.
0: laughs> why Saul didn't survive as a king and King David was forgiven not only forgiven, loved he's called the friend of the, Edith Hashem, the beloved of God You name King David gets such good press in the town that it's unbelievable.
3: <laughs> <The> dynasty.
0: Everything. <laughs> David is everything. you lie, dynasty. But everything. He
3: always, he always admitted his faults.
0: At number one, when Nathan the prophet came to him and gave him the example of the sheep, the man who had one sheep and no one. right away, David said, Hadassi, I sinned. Right away, he admitted. They say that lady came out of study in America, The doctors that admit that apologize have much less lawsuits. Doctor comes in and says, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. This would happen. I'm a human. If you don't apologize, (laughs) I will haunt you forever and ever. That's the same story. David says, I'm sorry, I sinned. So couldn't he couldn't say it, he couldn't get the word out of his mouth. Later he did it. But here he couldn't. That's number one. But number two, it's even something more important. The sin that David made was a personal sin. No. It's a woman. So it's his, his, his business, so to speak. King Saul, the sin that King Saul did, affected the old Jewish people. Here we had an opportunity to eradicate the name of Amalek on the face of the earth, so to speak. Get rid of animosity to the Jewish people forever. He kept our gaga alive. That night that Gaga was alive, he pregnant a woman. And then continue. Amen came out from this. It's not a, it's not about depends what is the sin. There is one person that's doing a personal sin, fine. It? Then there is a sin that affects the whole nation. It's much worse. There's no forgiveness on that. Because we can forgive you a new sin. But what will you cause to other people? Now, not just caused. The story of Purim was because Amon was a descendant of Amalek. Could be annihilated all Jewish people. Who dealt with... Who was the, the two people who dealt with Amon?
1: Mordecai and Esther from the of Benjamin.
0: Mordecai and Esther, descendants of King Saul. Kind of, my friend, if you mess up, you mess up for your own kids. They will have to clean up. Now, you know, the old discussion now in the, in, in America... If you leave so much debt for the Dutch children and grandchildren, yeah, whatever we mess up, the grandchildren will deal with that. Huh. of irony there! <laughs> 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 By the way, the Talmud is good at this type of right, yes. thing. The right. irony, the shows every time.
6: Everywhere.
0: Every time. Ah, oh, yeah, you did it. Ah, oh, you conquered it. Oh, welcome, enjoy it. <laughs> King Saul did it. His great grandchildren have to do with that. That's why he lost his kingdom because it was something that affected the whole nation. If somebody, if a, if a leader is doing something personally wrong, he can be forgiven. If he's doing a mistake in the in the way he runs the country, if he gets a, like let's say gets the the country involved in a war that was not needed, if it was not needed, I'm not saying it was, but in, in theory, that's much a bigger sin that, that another president did something personal. Fine, it's not nice, isn't it? Person. It didn't affect the whole nation. That's the difference, Solomon David.
3: That was Clinton's excuse.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Number twenty-four.
3: Saul said to Samuel, "I have sinned, for I transgressed God's commandment and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice."
0: Ah, now he's thinking again the people. He <laughs> the people. Well, you're the. Ki- that's what. That's what. King uh, Samuel in the beginning. If you are humble in your own eyes, if you are small in your own eyes, don't forget that God made you the king of the Jewish people. Don't tell me for you fear the people. You're the king. You set the rules. You know, that is by King David, twice when Saul was running after him, there was two opportunities. Saul came, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. And in the cave were hiding David and his people. And they wanted to kill Saul twice. David says, You don't touch him. They were running from Saul who wants to kill them. They were so. David said, No, you don't touch him. Okay. David exercised leadership. Your Saul couldn't exercise this leadership.
3: Now, now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me so that I may worship God. Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected God's word. And God has rejected you as king over Israel. Too late.
0: He says, forgive me and come back with me. The whole crowd is waiting for him. If so, if Samuel is not coming back with him, he's like another day. He says, let's go back to the people and at least show me solidarity. I will not so Samuel didn't want to. Go ahead.
2: And Samuel turned around to leave. Saul took hold of the corner of his robe and it tore.
0: Which robe? Who is robe?
2: What's this? Saul's
0: Sa- robe. That's Samuel. <laughs> that Samuel. Some people say Saul's well, Samuel Samuel's robe. Samuel is known for his robe. His mother made him a robe when he was a little boy. Even later, you know the story of Saul going to a witchcraft to a woman who, who can bring people up in seance? The witch of Endor. Yeah, in, mm-hmm. of, in, in Bendor?
1: Yeah, in Endor. And Endor, yeah. And, indoor,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. and she went, he, he went there. He says, bring me up a person. She brought up Samuel. That the way the Bible describes Samuel, she said, oh, I see a man with a cot. Mm-hmm. Even in afterlife, the cot was there. You know, certain people have a certain symbol. You see them all, always oh, the same code, the same thing. That was Samuel. Then it, he was, he was, he was tra- kind of trying to beg Samuel to go with him. They him a torn arm and a piece of this stone.
2: What happened? Okay. S- Samuel said to him, God has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you.
0: God turned the torn he told torn them. God turned the, the, the kingdom from you because the kingdom is of leadership, so to
2: speak. Yep. Don't waste any time, either.
0: And, and he says he gave it to somebody better. You didn't tell him David, because he was afraid he would kill him or something. You didn't tell him more. And I don't think Samuel at that moment also didn't know. He told him it would be somebody better than you. Now, at that point, Samuel didn't know. Later, he knew about it.
3: Didn't um, David also rip off a piece from Saul's garment?
0: Later in the story, when David was finding, he had a chance to, to kill Saul in the, in the cave, he tore a piece of his clothing. And then he came out and told them. And when Saul saw that he tore the piece of the clothing. He said, Ah! Talking about irony? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: He said, Ah! I remember! That's you, you're the king. Then, only then, Saul clicked that David is the king. Because he told them, and he told the clothing, God gave it to somebody who's better than you. And this guy told the, his clothing, his piece of clothing. He said, oh, he made, he made the, the link, the connection. Mm-hmm. All connected.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Number 99, nine. nine. Go ahead. And
2: also the Eternal One of Israel will not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind.
0: That's very interesting. He says, God will not change his mind. It's done. Because usually there is a concept of tshuva. God repents. God forgives. And, and Maimonides says that God can change from bad to good. If the prophet predicts something bad, God can change it later. And it does mean that the prophet is a liar. Because if people do tshuva, repent, and ask for forgiveness and pray to God, God forgives them.
1: So what does it mean here and that God, God does not change his mind? In what sense is I that?
0: Think, I think that in the sense, at this point, it was already because it tore it in the garment. It was like already a done deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It not need to change.
1: It's beyond repentance. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, I think, that's, I think, what it means.
1: Repentance is already a, a Yeah, it's too late, so mm-hmm. to speak. The, the other question about this particular line is, God is not a man. Uh, it's one of three references, at least, uh, in our Torah, uh, that say that. Uh, no. Uh, do you th- do you think that that is, is, is a, a, a statement of philosophy in the sense uh, that that precludes the concept of, of Christianity here?
0: You know, I never thought about that. <laughs> you can say it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never needed a proof that God is not a man. You understand what I'm saying? A proof of the Bible. But uh, you can obviously you can say it. I mean, it's written clear. There is one of three places. There yeah, are the other yeah. two.
1: Numbers. Uh, and I forget what the, where the numbers third one Numbers, what connection? Same quotation,
0: basically. Yeah, 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 I remember something. Let's see, Numbers. Numbers chapter 11. Um,
1: Could be off on the chapter. I know it's in Numbers somewhere. Let's see, let's see, One,
0: well, mm-hmm. just one second. I, I cannot find the chapters here. Chapter 20, oh, you said chapter 11. Okay, 11 should be after this. 10 11, okay. Jump to 11. Yeah, yeah, ehm... That's my cousin,
1: I don't know. No. It may not be chapter 11, but I know it's some more
0: numbers. That makes sense. It's here somewhere. I don't see it in chapter 11. I looked fast, but at somewhere. No, but I, I believe you. I mean, it's, uh, it should be somewhere around
3: here.
1: To another Haftor from Hosea, too.
0: It makes sense. But I, again, it's, it's, it makes sense, but I, I never thought about it, but it makes sense, yeah. Number three. Go ahead.
1: Then he said, I have sinned, but please honor me now, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me, so that I may worship God your Lord. So Samuel returned with Saul, and Saul worshiped God. Then Samuel said, Bring here to me a God, the Amalek king, and the god came to him cheerfully, saying, Surely the bitterness of death has passed.
0: He thought it's over. <laughs> Samuel's such a nice guy, you ought well, to do it to well. him.
1: Well, was 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 <laughs> what does he do. And Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. Then Samuel hewed a gog in pieces before the god in Gilgal. <laughs> <laughs> and Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to the house of Giva of Saul.
0: Now, that ever since then, there was a meeting between Saul and Samuel? I don't think they ever I don't think again. they ever killed again. that. Mm-hmm. was it. I think one more time,
1: Saul came to Samuel. For what? I don't remember. Enough, but it says
0: that
1: Samuel
0: never went to see Saul again. Yeah. Saul
1: came to Samuel. uh uh-huh. Maybe. Well, we know after death... Why does Samuel need a reason come. to kill Agar?
0: Hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean? Since, since your sword has... He just told them... An explanation. You're a murderer,
1: that's why I'm killing you. Yes.
0: No, he killed him because he's an Amalekite. What he says, right. you have another reason, not just because you're an Amalekite, because you're a killer.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Why isn't an because he's an Amalekite, not just... What is he saying? What? Why is he saying that? Because...
0: He gave him another reason why he killed him. Then what, I, what is going on here is... What the, that's what? That's the story with Samuel. With Saul. That Saul didn't finish the job. And then comes that's in the prophet. Then in the scripture is the book of the Megillah, the story of Haman. I wanted to destroy the Jewish people. And since then, whenever we see a, a person, a leader who hates Jews for just Jews, I heard a story from the Chief Rabbi of Israel, Rabbi Lau. He says he once he was in New York and he met with the mayor of New York, Ed Koch. And he told them, he introduced himself, he says, I hear that you are a Holocaust survivor, he tells Rabbi Lau. I'm also a Holocaust survivor. He looks, from like he, he looks from New York like pretty happy. How are you a Holocaust survivor? That he told them once he went for a trip of mayors to Berlin. They gave him a trip. Mayors from all over the world. And he says they went to the, to the office of, of Hitler and on the floor was, was a big globe. And now the globe was numbers in with a with like, like with a with a, big, with a pen with a red pen whatever. Numbers. I said, what's the numbers? They told him, Hitler made sure to know in every country, in every place, how many Jews are there. And one place was written one one Jew. Mm-hmm. That Ed Catch told them, I'm also a survivor, because really Hitler's plan was to kill everybody, to get rid of everyone. Mm. That's a miracle. A malik is a, is an aider that's beyond logic. When it's an aider that's beyond logic, you have to fight it also in a way that's beyond logic. That's above. You can you, can, you cannot say oh, but if you feel bad, because if you feel bad here, if you are as the Talmud says, recorded before, when you are merciful to the cruel, you are cruel to the merciful. If you spare a terrorist, you will kill another innocent person. You cannot be you cannot be nice. But what does this mean? As we said in the beginning, today we don't have malach. What it means today is in our spiritual world. We have to, to, to eradicate the Amalekites and the, the, the doubts, the maybes, the questions, is when you connect to God on above logic level. God said to do it, we do it. Everything also work out. Because in a person, when a Jew is doing a mitzvah like a Brit Milan. He doesn't do it because it makes sense. You ask him, hey, why are you doing a Brit Mila? Uh, uh. He doesn't have a good explanation. I tell people always, and if I, if I would be able, not be able on the beam, I can be able with a microphone standing by the door, when people come to show, he says, Mr. Josh why are you here today? Uh, um, my mother told me to come. My wife told me, my mother-in-law, I don't know myself. I came because I felt guilty. Nobody has a good explanation. Now, why they're there? Because it's above logic. Because something inside them pulls them to synagogue. And Yom Kippur, it's revealed in every Jew that above logic connection. And that's the connection, what we need to to reveal every day of of that day. When you connect to the Jew on this level, you made it. We dig in our soul, we dig and dig and dig until we find this connection that's above logic. And we hook it up. Now you're, you can fly. You can go anywhere. The moment it's logic, oh, this doesn't make sense. And with this verse, I'm not comfortable. And with this, I'm not this. And I have a question about it. And I disagree with Rabbi Akiva. And who says Rabbi was <laughs> right? Everyone is a Chachem. Everyone is a philosopher. Connect to the, to the connection, to the you, deep connection to God. You connect it. it doesn't make a difference to said what? He's do it.